the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'll be joined today by Leanne Trees. Leanne is the managing editor of a website called Beautiful Christian Life. We're going to discuss biblical headship and submission from a biblical worldview. Hope you can stick around, and I'd love to have you reach out to me to share any thoughts, comments, questions about the plumb line. You can do so at this email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. The word plumb has a B at the end of it, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm with Michael Ross, the creator of Revelator Games. Michael, can you tell us why you developed this unique game? Sure. Let me just clarify something. So it's a small group Bible study activity with a board game element to it. I created the game because I myself personally delight in God's Word you know, through scripture memorization. So I created this game so that we can, one, memorize scripture, but also have fun while we're doing it. Mm, the Remain Game and more. You can check out Mike's products at revelatorgames.com. On today's edition of The Plumb Line, I'm excited to be joined by Leanne Trees, and Leanne holds some titles as a managing editor of a publication, Beautiful Christian Life, online publication, and I'll be directing you to the website and sharing some information about that. Uh, BeautifulChristianLife.com is that site, and she also has a background and some theological training as well, 41 years of marriage, too, and a mom and a grandma, and holds a Master of Arts in Theological Studies from Westminster Seminary in California. So excited to have you on board here with us, Leanne, and going to be talking about a biblical submission, headship from a biblical worldview. Welcome to the broadcast. Thanks so much for having me on the plumb line, Jay. It's really a privilege to be here and get to talk about these important topics. This is one that probably as much or maybe more than uh, many of the others that I talk about, well, a lot of controversy kind of swelling around it, and it really need not be that way, at least from my perspective. If we follow what the Scriptures clearly teach on this particular matter, there really shouldn't be that much controversy. But I think there's a bit of a struggle in interpretations and things like that, and so we've got a lot of ground to cover here, and I'm going to let the listener know that I'm going to be focused on a particular column. It's a question and answer column that you produced for beautifulchristianlife.com entitled 10 Important Aspects of Submission and Authority in a Christian Marriage. And so this first of a two-part series will deal primarily with marriage and what submission and biblical headship looks like within this context of marriage. We'll get into some of the aspects regarding what it looks like in church life 
on the next edition. But let's kind of launch in, I guess, by maybe having you explain a little bit about what we even mean when it comes to submission and authority in marriage, because these are words that may rub the wrong way just by what our culture has kind of taught us about these things. Yes, there's an idea that where there's authority, that puts the person, you know, who's under authority in a position of not having the same amount of worth. But this isn't what the Bible is saying at all. So in the Bible, men and women are both of equal worth in the sight of God, but they do have different roles in the marital relationship. One view that's tried to describe this, and I think it's a good starting point, is the view of complementarianism. And the website gotquestions.com does a good job defining that, that men and women are created to complement or complete each other. Complementarians believe that gender roles found in the Bible are purposeful and meaningful distinctions that when applied in the home and church promote the spiritual health of both men and women. So embracing the divinely ordained roles of men and women furthers the ministry of God's people and allows men and women to reach their God-given potential. Men and women have different roles. The man has the role of being the authoritative head of the family, and the woman has the role of submitting in Christ. doesn't mean that they're both not of equal worth, and I think that's very important to be clear on. Yeah, yep, that is a very important spot to start at. This isn't about worth, it's about, you know, roles and authority structures which were established by God, and this complementarian view that you brought up is one that I subscribe to, you subscribe to, and we're going to be addressing and kind of fleshing that out a little bit here because I believe that that's what the biblical perspective on this subject is. But there are those who hold to other views, and the main other view is egalitarianism, right? Yes, so the egalitarian position would hold that men and women are equal with no differentiation whatsoever in roles or authority. Thus, women should be able to do anything that men can do, including holding church offices and having equal weight in all decisions in all spheres of life, including marriage. And egalitarians often appeal to a verse in the book of Galatians that states, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave or free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm, And so they really hang on that verse. Yeah, and just briefly here, and I don't want to go too far down this road because there's a lot of other things we want to talk about, but I think we need to at least explain why you and I and a whole lot of other people don't see their particular interpretation of that verse in that manner. Well, I think the briefest way to answer that is to say that this Bible is clearly saying that everyone has equal worth in the sight of God, but this passage does not trump all the other passages that are very clear about the real fact of authority and submission in the marital relationship and in the church. Yeah, and that is a perfect lead-in to exactly what we want to accomplish in this first of two shows on this subject, and that is going through these 10 important aspects of submission and authority in a Christian marriage, because number one on those explains more of what you were just saying. Does the Bible instruct me to submit to the godly authoritative leadership of my husband? The clear answer is yes, but tell us why. Well, the Greek word that Paul uses 
in Ephesians 5, 21 through 24, for submit, verse 22, he writes, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. And that's verse 23 and 24 now, as the church submits to Christ. So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So again, this Greek word Paul is using, um, hypotasso, it refers to a wife's recognition of an ordered structure in which her husband is the person to whom she should show appropriate respect as to the Lord. And this submission to one's husband, it's not optional for a Christian wife. So as children of God, we have the duty to obey our Heavenly Father in all things. And this is the duty of the Christian wife is to submit to her husband. And it even includes submission to an unbelieving husband, as pointed out in 1 Peter 3.1. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read that verse. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. And I, I love how God you know, makes it clear that this whole submission thing is vitally important, and he, he doesn't just say, do this, but he says, you know, do this because— we, he, we're told very clearly why it's important, because that husband, though they be an unbeliever, may be won over to Christ by your conduct. Right, right. And, you know, getting back to your original question about, so what is submission and authority? I, I'd like to go into that in a little more detail here, because it's really important to note here that a husband and no human being actually has unlimited authority, because God is perfect. We know that he always exercises his authority perfectly, but sinful humans, however, aren't perfect, and we don't always exercise our authority rightly. So having authority doesn't mean a husband can tell his wife to do anything he wants her to do. His leadership must stay within the boundaries of what a godly husband and or father is called to do. And this actually begs the question, what is involved in authoritative headship in marriage. And my husband was a commercial airline pilot for around 35 years. And we can actually glean a lot about what authority and submission looks like and what is the proper exercising of authority in general by looking at an airline captain's mission. The mission of an airline captain is really the flourishing of all for whom he or she is responsible, including everyone on board arriving safely at the intended destination and maintaining safety for everyone else traveling in the skies and the people on the ground. Now, this requires orderliness and teamwork. So an airline captain's authority is limited. The captain must stay within the boundaries of the authority given to him or her, and he or she must answer for any actions taken when the flight is completed. And everyone involved with the airplane has an important role in the safe and successful mission of the flight. From the flight crew to the flight attendants to the ground crew to air traffic control and even to the passengers, there's a chain of command on an airliner to maintain order. And without this chain of command, chaos could erupt with everyone doing what they think is optimal to the detriment of others on board and anyone affected by the flight. So the chain of command helps leadership to navigate problems that arise for the safety and comfort of everyone involved. And likewise, a husband 
as the servant leader of the family, has the responsibility of the flourishing of his family, including their safety, their overall physical and emotional welfare, and their spiritual growth and well-being. Everything a husband or father does in the exercising of his authority is to be done in a Christ-like way. Mm, yeah, yeah. And one other quick thing, and then we're going to have to go to the break here, but that is that the husband really has a tremendous weight of responsibility upon him because we can't look at this and say, boy, this is great. He gets to be the authority and tell his wife whatever you know he wants to do. And, and as you just pointed out, that's not a accurate way of looking at it. And the, the thing is, the husband really has the greatest weight of authority or burden upon him because he's directly, not that we're not, you know, we're all under the authority of Christ, but he's directly responsible and under the authority of God and how he cares for his wife and his family and, and everything, right? Absolutely. Very well said. Yes. Yeah. Why do I get that understanding? I think of men who love the Lord and, and they're committed to honoring God in all they do. They know that God has given them the responsibility of caring for their families. You have responsibility to make sure that your family is safe and cared for. It's a natural thing for a man to feel, and God's Word affirms that. It's a huge responsibility, and I think a lot of times in society lately, we've really been focusing on the abuse of authority, and and it's important to focus on that because we should never tolerate abuse of authority, but we don't think about enough, I think, the weight of authority that people carry in different positions in society, especially that of the father and the husband, because he's leading his family. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah, and that burden is kind of borne out by where you were in Scripture in Ephesians 5 there, where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's to the point of not just love, but even, and I guess this displays the love, being willing to give your life up, give himself up for her as Christ did for the church. And so that's certainly a big responsibility and being under the direct authority of Christ, who is the head of the church, the head of the husband, the head of the family. And you can find, again, more about that in Ephesians chapter 5. And so I really appreciate uh, what you've had to share with us thus far, Leanne, and we're going to continue with more on the plumb line. So stick around, folks. There is a lot more to come on our discussion of submission, authority, and uh, biblical headship, what that looks like from a biblical worldview. You can reach me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum is P-L-U-M-B, P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, whatever it may be about the broadcast. I want to hear from you. And stay tuned. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. 
and by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. I'm joined by Leanne Trees, Managing Editor of Beautiful Christian Life. The website is beautifulchristianlife.com. We're talking about biblical submission and headship, authority from a biblical worldview, and essentially the authority structure that God established going back to the beginning. And we'll probably get into that a little bit as well. But we want to continue uh, visiting about a column that addresses 10 important aspects of submission and authority in a Christian marriage. And one thing that we kind of scratched around the surface there in that opening segment, Leanne, was the fact that uh, a wife is not required to submit to any type of abusive behavior from her husband, right? Correct. When Paul tells wives to submit to their husbands in Ephesians 5, 24, he does not mean that wives must endure abuse, neglect, or mistreatment of any kind by their husbands. Rather, Paul is reminding the church that a wife is under the authoritative headship, not the tyrannical rule of her husband. Now, as I had just mentioned, you know, we're all sinful creatures. You know, throughout history, we see abuse of authority in government, the military, civil law enforcement, business, educational institutions, and all manner of societal structures, including the home. So wherever authority and submission exist in this world, there also will exist the potential for abuse because of our sinful natures. Now, in marriage post-fall, husbands are going to struggle to lead lovingly, humbly, and sacrificially and wives will struggle to follow lovingly, humbly, and respectfully. We're all in need of God's grace as we seek to honor Him in our marriage. And some women have been wrongly taught that they have to tolerate any kind of treatment from their husband in order to be biblically submissive and respectful. And this instruction must be fervently repudiated by the church. If a husband directs his wife to do anything that goes against God's word or her conscience, she always must obey God rather than men, as we read about in Acts 5.29. And because women, and men as well, are vulnerable to abuse in a marriage, they need to be under the proper oversight of faithful church leadership and the civil authorities that God has provided for their care and protection. Well, let's try to get through at least a couple more of these here. I knew it would be kind of a challenge in the time frame we have, but we're looking at 10 important aspects of submission and authority in a Christian marriage. We've talked already a bit about the fact that the husband, the wife, the man, the woman are of equal value in the sight of God, and so I'm not going to go any deeper into that in the interest of time here, but I do want to ask you a little bit about as far as your husband's needs, the wife has needs, the husband has needs, and there's a great scripture verse in Philippians that talks about putting the needs and interests of others ahead of your own. And I've always taken that to say that this is for the husband and the wife both. So this authority aspect doesn't extend to the fact that, oh, that means that my husband's needs always take precedence. I think the verse makes it clear that you're supposed to put the needs and interests of others ahead of your own. Yes, and of course, we have Ephesians 5 as well. So even when times are difficult due to financial, emotional, or physical challenges, 
a husband's personal happiness must never take precedence over sacrificially loving his wife. And, you know, Paul is so clear here in Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. And Paul goes on, but, you know, in in verse 28, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. In loving his wife as Christ loved the church, a husband honors not only his wife, but also his Lord. So, yes, a husband should always be putting his wife's needs and her care ahead of his own. Mm. Yeah, and I'm realizing, too, as we talk about this, that uh, a lot of our discussion is framed around what a biblical headship or authority within the marriage, within the home, should and should not look like, because there's such a wrong perspective a lot of times. And one thing, too, is that there's this perspective that we've talked about that whatever the husband says goes and doesn't need to ask his wife for any input or anything, and that is just so yeah. unbiblical and so wrong. Do you address this in number five on this list? Should my husband listen to my counsel? Most certainly, yes. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, husbands, as we, we've talked about already, they're great responsibility and our husbands need our straightforward input. You know, so God never intended for wives, you know, to be a yes person. And this is another important aspect, though, of faithful headship is creating that environment of openness and communication, you know, in which the wife feels free to express her opinion and give her husband that counsel in an appropriate and respectful way. Mm, Yeah. Well, again, in the interest of time here, I'm going to skip down a little bit because I wanted to ask you about uh, the one that's number eight in this article here. Does the Bible verse about (laughs) submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ mean that my husband has to submit to me as well? That's a very good uh, question, so address that if you would. A lot of people like to really focus hard on Ephesians 5.21 as, oh, it says submitting to one another. So, you know, husbands need to submit to their wives, but that's not what is really going on here. What, what Paul is saying is a general point that as we submit in the different relationships in which we find ourselves, We are to submit to one another in in love out of reverence for Christ, but that submission is different depending on the relationship. Okay, so like children, I mean, parents don't submit to their children, right? It's children who submit to their parents. So all Christian submission is done in love, but all Christians don't submit in the same ways to each other. And so Paul is going into detail you know, first after Ephesians 5.21 about husbands and wives, and then he's talking about children and parents. Now, that does not mean, though, that husbands never listen to the counsel of their wives, as as we were mentioning. You know, because uh, going back in Genesis 21, we read about God telling Abraham to do what Sarah tells him to do regarding Hagar and Ishmael. And in 1 Samuel 25, We read about how David actually obeyed Abigail's voice and granted her petition. So these are both good examples of how being in authority doesn't mean you don't ever listen to or do what the person who's under your authority advises you to do. You know, in any group dynamic, people need to work as a team to be successful. And really, it's just silly 
you know, to not listen to the good counsel and follow the advice of people that are under our authority. Yeah, that's showing poor leadership. If we don't do that, it doesn't make for a very good leader. So, amen. That's exactly right. right. So, yep. well, lastly here, and unfortunately, the time just flies by here on the broadcast. So, yeah. we, the way I wanted to sum it up is with a statement you make in number 10. Again, people can find this article at beautifulchristianlife.com. And the question is, should I view godly authoritative male headship in marriage as a blessing? The answer is most definitely yes, because again, as we said at the outset, it was established by God and it was established to not only set up organization, he's a, definitely he's not a god yeah. of chaos, he's a god of organization, but it's also set up to be a blessing too, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. I can speak to this personally, as I know there have been times in my life where you know I was just struggling to make a decision, and it was really a blessing and a comfort to me to just go to my husband and say, can you just tell me what to do on this decision? <laughs> that would make it a lot easier for me. And it's really uh, a comfort to know that my husband is there for me, looking out for my best interests and guiding me. And, you know, knowing that a major decision is ultimately your husband's duty to make is a place where wives can rest, you know, in that. Mm, Yeah, amen. That's a good way to sum it up here. And it's all the time we're going to have for this one, but we're going to talk about this issue in more detail in regards to the church specifically in the next broadcast. So I hope you can tune in for that one. I'm going to mention as we close out with my guest, Leanne Trees, that this website, beautifulchristianlife.com, has, in addition to the column that we've been working from called 10 Important Aspects of Submission and Authority in a Christian Marriage, there's another one we didn't have time to get into here dealing with Genesis chapters 2 and 3 especially. Did authoritative male headship exist in the Garden of Eden before the fall? And I'd encourage you in the listening audience to check that out because that helps to kind of explain God's establishment of this whole principle that we're discussing or have been discussing on the plumb line today and Lord willing the next edition as well. So join me next time for another discussion about this with Leanne Trees, the Managing Editor of Beautiful Christian Life. You can reach me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com, and I'd love to have you reach out for any reason whatsoever, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.